Welcome to the Auditorium Podcast, a portal into the fringes of culture. Hello and welcome to the Auditorium Podcast. With me, your host, Dr. Bramwell, and my co-host, Dave Mountfield. Dave, what's up? What? Uh, oh, hello, everybody. Yeah. Um, no, 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 I'm fine. Don't mind about me. I don't like you looking sad. What's wrong? Well, it's just that... Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's, it's fine. I'll pull myself together. It's like... Uh, I did... Uh, it's not... You're not upset because you've got what appears to be a dustbin on your back? Is that causing you no, pain? I mean, not, I did I didn't want to mention it earlier, but... It's not a dustbin. It, well, it's no well, longer it is a dustbin. dustbin. It has been repurposed, Dave. A repurposed dust, yes. dustbin. A hacked dustbin. Yes. It is now my exoskeleton. Okay, I'll I'll tell you what happened. There's I, a story behind this, yes, isn't there? I, I, is it long? Can we keep it short? I'll keep it short and to, to the <laughs> point. I I yesterday I, I did a one of those online how long will you live tests. Oh yeah, and <clears throat> it said thirty seven. What? It said thirty seven. How old are you? Forty six. Oh, that's not good. It's not good at all, is it, Dave? And uh, you know, obviously, you know, I, I I like my pies and um and pretty much everything else that's bad for you. Um, but I didn't realise it come to that. I'm I'm eleven years virtually overdue. No, nine years. I see my maths is going. Oh God, it's a nightmare. Well, look, let's hang on. Look, we got we got a computer in the in the studio here. All right. So let's just um. um yeah, maybe I got it wrong. Let's try. Let's again. just do it again. What was the website? Uh, how, you, long will you live? how long will you live? How long will you live? Okay, right. So, name, Dave Mountfield. Yes. Um, there's only three questions. Yeah, okay, on. question one How many pies do you eat on average per week? Do you want to put that in? It's no more than 30. I'll put, I'll put 25. 25. Okay, good. Uh, question number two um, How many cigarettes do you smoke on average per day? <sighs> I don't know. You know, 40. 40? 60. Let's put 50. 50. Let's put 50. And 50 that's, that's, let's go. not put 60 in. That would yeah. be a bit much, wouldn't it? Uh, and final question, when did you last exercise? So you can just put a, a day or okay. a week in for this. 1985. Right. Okay. And let's see what happens when we press return. Oh, my God. Oh. I thought you said it was 37. Well, obviously I missed up a pie or something. 36. 36. Well, this is why I've got this on, right? You know, I've got the... the because I've, I read somewhere that animals with hard shells live longer or something. So I've, 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 I've developed this, repurposed this dustbin to provide a kind of exoskeleton. Are, are you going to be wearing that from now on? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Right. Well, I'll tell you what's good, though, about this. Okay, I mean... Other, I, mean, I have not, a little not... hole at the front, look, see. Oh, yeah, okay. Right. Ugh. Um... Obviously, we're not happy that you you know that you died ten years ago. But 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 what is gratifying, I'm sure for for our, our listener, is that you wearing that dustbin on your back and yes. having died ten years ago ties in quite nicely with our topic today. Good. Let's listen. I need tips. Well, you're going to get tips from the best. He did an earlier podcast on animal vaginas and, and is the world expert, as far as we know, on animal vaginas. His name is Jules Howard. I remember it well. It and was terrific. It was brilliant. And he's back with another talk. This was recorded at Wilderness Festival in Oxfordshire in 2016. It's Jules Howard 
on sex and death in the animal kingdom. Statistically, all of us in this room have a statistic over our head that basically says, you know, this is our yearly chance of dying. It's called the gompertz macon rule of human mortality. And it is basically saying, the older you live, the more likely you are to die. But it's actually a lot worse than that, because uh, that's a logarithmic scale. So if you want to see the truth, your chances of living another year decrease exponentially. So this is a horrifying statistic. Uh, is anyone 34? This could disrupt your worldview. But from now on, your chances of dying doubles every eight years. <laughs> so I'm speaking as a third. I've had two years to get used to this idea. But that's the way it is for humans. The longer you live, that's why, you know, we have so few people living to 100. Chances are you're going to die. So it's really interesting. When you look at humans as animals, you think, OK, you know, there's the answer. When are we going to die? Well, dunno, but the chances are improving every year, I suppose. And I thought that's kind of interesting. As a zoologist, I'm like, OK, well, I'll, I'll do a bit of research and I'll see whether other animals have this uh, chance of death hanging over them, this kind of luminescent neon sign blinking your percentage, your chance of dying every year. And it turns out, when you go through the, uh, the, the, the tree of life, when you look at animals spread across the tree of life, you notice patterns. And these are patterns you all know and are all um, aware of, I suppose. You think of uh, insects. Insects are going to die. The chances of a fly living two years are just totally, ridiculously tiny. They're going to get eaten. They're going to get attacked by parasites and fungus and all sorts of stuff like that. So what do they do? They invest in sex. You know, if you, if you imagine you lot are all individual, I don't know, fruit flies, those of you who are just like the natural variations that are a little bit lazier, they are going to just fill the gene pool, these guys over here. So the world is kind of filling up with the animals that get to the job of sex kind of quickest. So when you look at animals, it's like, okay, well, some animals live in environments of death, like insects, they get their sex in really, really quickly. As primates, it seems that humans live in a world of non-death. Uh, orangutans too, you know, there's not much that eats animals like us. So we you know, we take our time. You know, we have long childhoods. We, have the, 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 we are the animal species with pretty much the longest childhood. And so we have menopause. And so do killer whales. So we're the only two animals where actually living longer, because we think killer whales, you can, grandparents can pass on all this knowledge to their babies, and the babies can be like, yeah, we know where the fish are, grandma told us. That's a survival thing. So menopause becomes like an evolved solution, I suppose, to old age. It's really interesting. You know, animals either have sex till they die, or they're a bit like us. You know, they're not in this world of death. They kind of slow down. So everywhere I was looking, the animals really do have a statistic, you know, of death, ringing above their heads that influences the kind of lives that they lead, I suppose. Except there's a bunch of animals that don't play by the rules. There's a bunch of animals that are kind of weird and they live life their own way, I suppose you could say. And I'm going to introduce you to some of these animals. Well, some of them are absolutely unbelievable. This hydra, a hydra is a little bit like a, it's a, bit like a freshwater jellyfish that sticks to the bottom of the pond. They're really weird animals. And to be honest, You'd think that would be dead. I mean, it's been in there for 150, longer than that, years. Absolutely ages. But here's the weird thing, okay? This animal is not dead. This animal is still, it still lives, it's still alive. And the way it works is because the animal's still alive in a pond, 
in Birmingham where it's collected. These animals are really weird. They do this thing called budding. So imagine, like, you know, I'm, I wanted to replicate or reproduce. These animals can just bud off like a little mini jewels. They can bud off a little mini individual with the same DNA. The same individual lives on. So this particular version is dead. But its DNA lives on in Hydra in a pond somewhere in Birmingham. So these animals have their, 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 their stem cells have like an infinite capacity for self-renewal. So they can basically carry on going. There's no end to the number of sort of DNA sort of replications these animals can do. They're, they're like forever, they're immortal. And I carried on going and found out about nematode worms. So have you heard this thing about if you starve yourself, you might live longer? Have you heard this? And yeah, you, the idea comes from nematode worms, which are, of course, we think, are distant ancestors. So we shared, you know, an ancient grandparent with nematode worms. They have this weird trick, and we may well also have it. And that is, if you occasionally starve yourself, you basically trick your body into thinking, invest in longevity, invest in living longer, because when the world gets good again, we can get down to business then. So you starve a nematode worm, if you wanted to starve a nematode worm, you'd find that it lives twice as long. It slows down, it ages in a different way. So it's like, wow, little worms like that, you know, potentially there's some good evidence with uh, rats, for instance, that the same thing occurs, that, that you can sort of change the rate at which a body ages. Lobsters, no one's quite sure why, but lobsters have just evolved an ability to repair their DNA. So they no longer have a maximum number of replications. They can just keep going on and on and on. And again, it's something to do with living in a world of non-death. You know, lobsters have this hard shell, so they're less likely to die, maybe. So they can do these incredible feats of living. You know, some lobsters, 100, 120, 130 years old. Okay, you must have heard of free radicals. There is probably a free radical tent where people are singing mystical chants just around the corner. But free radicals are a real thing. You know, if you are, have a, a metabolism based on oxygen, you know, oxygen's actually a pretty crappy atom on which to base metabolism because if, as you break it down, it produces reactive uh, kind of nasty residues, I suppose. And those nasty residues, those free radicals, bounce around in cells and they smash things up. They ruin DNA. They ruin the, the, the codes of cells, if you like. So it's a bad thing to do. If you don't, you don't want to get battered by free radicals, stop breathing. But birds breathe three times as much as mammals. So you'd think they would be absolutely riddled with these free radicals. You'd think they'd be aging more quickly, but they don't. They have something in them, something about them, that means that they don't age. They, they, they breathe twice as much. In fact, sorry, they breathe three times as much and have 10% of the free radical buildup that we would have. So there's something weird going on with birds, and it's something to do with that realm of flight, because animals like ostriches that have lost their ability to fly also lose their ability to tame their free radicals. So it's a really interesting relationship. We don't really, as I said at the start, we don't really talk about death very much. It's like kind of frowned on. But actually when you talk about death and when you think about how it affects uh, animals' lives, it's actually like one of the biggest parts of the pictures, I suppose. Sex and death, you know, these massive parts of, um, of evolutionary history, I suppose. Okay, let's do a few more. Clams. This is the oldest animal that may have ever lived. It is 507. Do you want the ultimate irony? And I had to kind of promise that I'd never tell anyone this, but I don't think it will get out. They had to kill it to work out how old it was. Oh no, it's so sad, isn't it? So sad. I imagine there was someone on the team in the background just going, no, just holding it. No, we can't do this. How does it do it? It's the old free radicals trick. 
you know, these animals evolve a shell and their bodies over, we don't know, thousands, millions of years start to kind of live longer. These environments of non-death, that's where you see these tricks evolve. And amazing, it's happened, of course, in turtles and tortoises as well. They've also independently managed a way to sort of manage their free radical um, build-up. My, genuinely, this is my favourite, right? So, imagine you're a salmon, if you will, uh, and you're swimming along, and you're uh, probably going to live two or three years. For some reason, there is a little type of muscle. This little muscle, the larvae, swim around, and they grab onto salmon's gills, and they um, sort of drink the salmon's blood. So these larvae are like a parasite of salmon. The salmon are swimming along, they've got the larvae stuck to them. The larvae inject a little peptide, a little protein into the salmon. And the protein means the salmon can deal with its free radicals better. And the salmon is more likely to live an extra year of growth. So in other words, you've got a parasite that's forcing its host to live longer so that it is better able to survive you know, quite a few parasites provide kind of life-giving fruit, I suppose, to the animals that they're grabbing onto. Would you if, you, if you could, if you could pay 10 quid to host a genetic DNA engineered one of them in your lungs that would provide you with an extra 20 years of life, maybe, would you do it? Yeah. These animals I've just been talking about are worth something. They're worth something. They are worth, get this, they're worth 200 billion dollars a year. It's one of the fastest growing, what's the word, Silicon Valley sort of things at the moment is anti-aging. So not, I'm not talking about creams here, I'm talking about sort of aging therapies, you know, DNA replacement or rejuvenation or some sort of pill you take that manages free radicals better. I, I would say, wow, you know, this does seem to be a real, and sort of like, as you can see, a real profligate, crazy, expanding market. So this guy is founder of eBay. And he's put his fortune into, oh sorry, he's founder of PayPal and he's half the founder of eBay or something like that. So he's put his uh, fortune into aging and he says, Rapid advances in biological science foretell of a treasure trove of discoveries this century, including dramatically improved health and longevity for all. That's the first time I've ever tried an American accent. Thank you. Okay, let's do another. Um, this guy is head of Google Ventures. It's really annoying because he looks so young, but maybe that's the secret, I don't know. Uh, and he says, uh, we have tools in the life sciences to achieve anything you have the audacity to envision. I just hope to live long enough not to die. <laughs> what? I went to a few anti-aging sort of uh, conventions and sort of conferences and it's just like really, really kind of strange, I suppose. Immortality is one of the oldest kind of human stories going. So I'm aware that, you know, what I'm saying, it could be just another, yet another one of these weird stories about aging. But it's really interesting. I think it is real. In Japan, you will never forget this statistic because it's so shocking. In Japan, there lives a subset of the population, a little tiny pocket of the population. And that pocket of the population, it has one DNA base pair difference. And that one DNA base pair difference means it manages free radicals in a slightly different way. Now, those individuals that have the one DNA base pair difference, they're twice as likely to live to 100, which is pretty staggering, but get this, throughout their whole lives, they're half as likely to visit hospital for anything, 
for anything at all. I was so shocked at that. You're talking about one simple difference in a one base pair coding and you have people who are aging in a completely different way. And that's a real and genuine thing. We think there might be some pockets of other human cultures that have a similar um, sort of variation, a similar mutation, I suppose. And I hear about things like that and I think, well, this is kind of possibly a real thing in the next 30 years. And I look at that and we hear about the beleaguered NHS and it's, on all, it's all anyone ever talks about, really. You know, the state of the NHS. Imagine if you could sort of stretch that out. Imagine if we could all just take a pill funded by the government, funded by the NHS, that allows us to delay the uh, classic causes of old age. Like I say, hypertension, um, uh, brain disorders, brain diseases, Alzheimer's, all of those diseases squashed into the final years of life. It would revolutionise everything. And at the moment, that's not going to happen. But at the moment, the people with the money are the ones who can afford stuff like this. So it's like, oh my God, well, what's going to happen then? Are we going to have like a two-tier society where some people can afford to age more slowly and other people like me are on their way to having a heart attack within about 10 minutes with the amount of sweat pouring off me? The two, my feeling, okay, after throwing myself into this, this the, the, the zoology, the, the evolution of death, is, if I'm being totally honest, one half was like, we don't talk about death very often. They will always be, you live to 120, your brain's going to die. You can't replace the cells in your brain without losing your experience. So there is always going to be a finite period of life. And the problem is, I sometimes think, like, by wandering around blindly not being aware of death, you can't sort of go, oh my God, we're alive. It's absolutely lovely feeling that you can occasionally bring yourself to feel. So I know I'm aware there's a flip side to that coin, but I just think we should all enjoy ourselves a bit more, which is, you know, a nice message, I suppose. So yeah, thank you for having me. Jules Howard there with Sex and Death in the Animal Kingdom. Any words of wisdom there to, to help you, Dave, with um, prolonging feel, your life? I feel like I'm taking the right route with the old uh, dustbin here. Yeah, I've, uh, I've started off well, I think. You, know, you have. I've got a long way to go, obviously, but yeah, a lot of useful tips. Maybe cut down on the pies and cigarettes. Did, and Did he say that? I don't... Did, nowhere. Well, to nowhere be fair, did he say actually, that. no, he didn't. Yeah. So, no. you know, although I have got a list here that the lifeextensionfoundation.org, which is a scientific charitable body that funds or seeks funding for scientists looking to extend life has a list of their achievements in the last 30 years. Are you going to share it with us? Well, I can do the, 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 the highlights. This literally, ladies and gentlemen, could extend your life. Listening to this podcast could extend your life. Antioxidant vitamins is the big thing apparently since 1980. Um, that's very important. Lots of lots of uh, researchers found that uh, the right vitamins can uh, uh, that produce antioxidants can uh, can extend your life. Uh, DHEA, uh, which, uh, which is a hormone uh, that uh, proves to slow aging. Um, substantial proof of that. It's uh, youth promoting properties apparently. Uh, it's become one of the most popular anti-aging supplements. So who knew? I didn't. I'd never heard of that. No, I've heard of that. Um, vitamin B complex vitamins. These are all back in the eighties. You know. Um, then uh, what is it? Low dose aspirin. Apparently that can extend your life. Well, not not fancy, but of course helps with blood thinning and blood mm -hmm. clotting and all that. Um, let's see what else have they got here. Uh, excessive iron causes cancer. So excessive irony. Uh, yes. So we're already dead. No excessive <laughs> iron. Sorry. Right. Okay. So no chewing on iron bars or things like that. That, or presumably iron brew, which is... So that, that's to avoid? You've got to avoid excessive iron, which is why the Scots all drop down dead very quickly. Because of iron brew? Probably, yes. Yeah. And licking, made, licking made, girders. It's made from girders, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. I've um, learned something there. There you and are. And now, curiously, we, we, in listening to, to Jules' 
Jules's talk, he was he was discussing how with cutting edge science, there's a lot of investment and a lot of money sloshing around with um, elements that we're able to take from the animal kingdom where we see that actually we could, you know, sort of capitalise on this creature's ability to yeah. extend its life. And could we actually bring that into, into what, our own? That's what the, uh, the the Life Extended Foundation go on to, to look at. Right. It's, it's and, DNA malfunctioning and how that can be changed. And, and of course, this was... This was considered by John Wyndham back in the... Actually, I don't know when the book was written, but, but Trouble with Lycan... Was it the 60s? It was quite a long time I don't know when that ago. one came out, but, um, but Trouble with Lycan is a very prescient science fiction dystopian tale of a lichen which is discovered to extend to pretty much double, I think, human life. No, and they how had it, different strengths, remember? They, did they? They, they, they? The idea was that it was made into a kind of um, a medical application. Well, it's almost it, like isn't, Olay, isn't, yeah. uh, and you could have like two times strength, or five times strength, or ten times strength, and the the, the super elite mm. had the kind of ten times strength because it was enormously expensive, and uh, and it then they can live virtually forever. With created that. a two tier society, well, a many tier society, didn't yeah, because you? you had the, the the bourgeois who could live like twice as long, and everybody else just had to like do with whatever they could get their hands on, yeah. Um, but it's it's a horrific idea, really. It's a horrific idea. the The idea of doing away with death, especially in the upper echelons, the ones who can afford it, is is an appalling idea. Well, of course, the bitter irony is that the most odious members of society will would, live the would longest. Live the longest. But also, that's we'll, not we'll, fair, we'll, is it? All the wealth in the world would accrue, which is already happening anyway, uh, in the upper echelons, um, and would never actually get released for subsequent generations. So you just have this sort of group of immensely wealthy immortals who are getting immensely more wealthy because they're not dying and all their investments are accruing, um, uh, just sort of ruling it over everybody. So you'd have, imagine, imagine if Rupert Murdoch could live forever. What a horrific scenario that is. So we should have... Who can live the longest competition. Who can live the longest Despite competition. Despite our recent conversation being well, around yes. not wanting... But, but forget that. Yeah. We forget that. Yeah. Because, it's, because it's, it's a competition, it's and, that, and that's going to take precedence. That's the fun of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the idea is, the last person to unsubscribe from the auditorium podcast, from the date of the competition, yeah. sending in their age, yeah. and, and where they live, etc. and so forth, um, wins. So, so our competition is, who can live the longest, and, and, the, and the listener who lives the longest, what are they going to win? I think they should win your house, Dave. What? Well, I mean, you know, you're not going to need it, are you? You'll be dead. No, that's a fair point. Well, yeah, no, okay, yeah. I don't know, I feel a bit weird about that. Good, good, that's all decided then, excellent. Right, we'll just send in your entries and what's the, uh, what's stay the address? safe. Oh, well, we all know the address, don't we? It's the Auditorium Podcast, England. England, and that should, that should, should get that should here. That should make it there. Okay, yeah. so we look forward to your um, look forward to your, to your competition entries. And not, not yet, obviously we're prepared to... Wait a little bit. Are we? I, I think we should go right now. Well, I don't think you can. You can't hurry longevity, can you? No, or can you, you? can't. Can you... you hurry longevity? Well, don't put off to tomorrow what you can do today. That's what I always say about longevity. <laughs> <laughs> On that bombshell. You've been listening to the Auditorium Podcast with me, Dr. Bramwell, and my co-presenter, Dave Mountfield. Oh, our, producer, our producer is Andrew Mayling and... Ooh, who has joined who's, us? Who's joined us? Well, nice that's to a see you, Andrew. Pleasure. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
<coughs> Sorry, I thought I'd put a pop in. Just um, good. Boring. Nice to see you. I'm, I'm nice. sort of, there's, there's a key word that came out of that one. I'm afraid it was boring. I thought it was a good episode. Yeah. Do you think so, really? I mean, I mean honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling it inside me at the moment. It's just, it wasn't good. It was boring. I mean, some of those anecdotes, they, they were, oh, I just can't believe it. But you've, been, you've been doing it's this dreadful. podcast for years now. Yeah. I thought you'd been enjoying th- th- all of this. I mean, it feels like 37 years. I mean, it's probably longer, but I mean, it, no, it's just boring. I've just, I've, I've just got to me now anyway. I just can't bear this anymore. It is boring. This wow. is just—it's just not working. You're I mean, looking I'm, pale. Really? It's, it's just not good. And no, it's, it's having an effect on me. It's a physical, physically, it's actually affecting me now. Anyway, so we're well, not looking. You're not looking good. <coughs> so, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry it's just, that, just Andrew, you know. Oh, it's yeah, no, it's just really getting Don't inside like me at the moment. It's just oh, oh god. How boring. Are we looking at? <coughs> oh, 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 oh my god. He's, what? he's dead. He's dead. Have we? Have we bored our? Studio producer to death. We've literally bored a man to death, Dave. That's got to be a first. Yes. I mean, that's a metaphor. Actually, no, maybe, I don't know, Lance just disappeared, didn't he? Maybe he we did. Bored, maybe we bored him to death. We can't have bored two people to death. Oh, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably imagine that we could. On, on balance. Well, look, I better, I better redo the credits. Um, yeah, so I guess. So, well, I'm going to have to produce this one. Uh, okay, so you've been listening to the Auditorium podcast uh, dedicated to the late uh, Andrew Mailing, our, our studio producer. God bless him. Um, who recently passed away. Yep. And uh, it's been, it was hosted by me, Dr. Bramwell, and uh, Dave Mountfield. And, and produced. Oh, oh, Dave? Oh, Dave? Oh, stars before eyes. What? Uh, whole life flashing. No. It's too many pies. So many pies. No, Mum. Not the big pie. Ah! Uh, I can't believe it. My co-presenter's dead as well. This episode really hasn't gone well. I mean, Andrew had a point, I think, that it, you know, it was a bit boring in places, but we could have tidied it up in the edit. Well, I guess it just remains for me to say that um, this dark episode of the, of the auditorium is dedicated to the late Andrew Mailing and to the late Dave Mountfield, who, on reflection now, probably isn't going to need his house. So can we just change that competition so that it's Dave's house that, uh, that is, the, uh, is the prize, not mine? Um, but anyway, it, yeah, it just remains for me to say thank you to our, to our listener, as always. And, uh, and, you know, I've been the presenter of the auditorium podcast. I need a biscuit to calm down my... Oh, God, I'm no, I'm choking to death. And it's a bloody custard cream. Not even in my top five. The Auditorium is presented by Dr. David Bramwell and Mr. Dave Mountfield. The producers are Andrew Mailing and David Bramwell. Studio managers were Sam Walter and Hannah Schmidt. Discover more about the show and upcoming live events at oddpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at oddpodcastuk and contact us through contact at oddpodcast.com. If you like the auditorium, please leave a review for us on iTunes. The Auditorium is a best-selling book full of fascinating stories about pioneers, outsider artists, adventurers, and counterculture heroes. It's published by Hodder and Stoughton and is available through Amazon and all good bookshops. Disgraced former studio manager Lance Dan is currently serving time at Her Majesty's pleasure. <laughs>